G'day and welcome to Green and Gold Rugby Podcast. I think it's number 198. We start a whole new year. Uh, it's part of the Rugby World Cup. Is it a come down or is the buzz still running? Um, I'm going to introduce all my guests now. Uh, we've got Braveheart. Will, mate, is the buzz still lingering for you? I think so. Got a bit of an off-season after the World Cup, but pretty excited to see the rugby uh, back up again. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to Super Rugby. Yeah, and then... I've also got their BJ, um, Steve. Mate, what about you? It feels like it was a year ago since the last world time we spoke with the World Cup, but um, it's good to see the rugby's back on again. Yeah, it does feel like a bit of water under the bridge. Um, or are you still hanging on to it? Sucker for red, Steph. Uh, I'm, it's all of a sudden snuck up on me. I tell you, it suddenly got, oh, my God, the season's starting. But yeah, I've, see, I've still got memories of the World Cup, so you know they're still hanging there somewhere. And I mean, if I was a Red supporter, maybe I wouldn't mind if it took a bit longer for the Super Rugby season to get here either. But we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail. Maybe you'll prove me wrong and set me straight. Um, <laughs> so anyway, look, uh, and look, I must also introduce. He's going to stay in the background. He might not even say anything because that's the sort of pro he is. Um, we've actually got some uh, producers who are going to be helping us out uh, this year with with the podcast. So expect to go to a new level. We've actually checked levels for the first time. Ever, I think, on a Green and Gold Rugby podcast. Um, but in the background, I've got um, Rob, uh, otherwise known as Bobus, who's in the booth, in the sound booth, um, just keeping everything on track. And he's going to come in later on when we're going to run through uh, the Melbourne Rebels. Because what we're going to do tonight, it's a preview sort of um, setup, I guess. And um, each of the guys on the podcast is going to represent uh, largely their team, uh, just to especially annoy the Western Force supporters, which clearly we have to do, that's like a tradition here, um, is uh, Braveheart or Will is going to double up. So he's going to do both the Tars at the top and he's going to do um, the Western Force at the end. And it'll be interesting to see who he thinks going to do better in the season. Um, but otherwise, we're just going to run through one at a time and get everyone's kind of viewpoint on, on how they think each of these teams is going to travel both in the Australian Conference and then maybe overall as well. And anyway, and then you guys can obviously throw in your thoughts and comments and, and questions on Twitter and the you know, at the bottom of the of the post in SoundCloud, however it is that you get this goodness um, into your ears. So, look, why don't we start off uh, with Will, mate. Um, now, the Tars, and, and look, I'm going to play the, the neutral and all this, and I've got to say, I'm out of the loop, really. The World Cup and all the hype around that kind of burnt me out. Um, I'm a bit frazzled. I kind of eased my way in a little bit with some sevens, or is it eights, I can't, uh, whichever it is now, um, <laughs> in Sydney. But other than that, I've been light on rugby. So I've been kind of keeping in a darkened cavern. So I need you, you guys to kind of bring me up to speed. So, Will, bring me up to speed with the Waratahs. What should we be expecting this year? So, so I think there's, there's going to still be that attacking style of play that uh, Michael Checker sort of brought in. And I, I think uh, so. Daryl Gibson's in his first year as head coach. But I think we need to remember that Gibson's been 
been the attack coach right throughout that Checker era. So um, he he brought or created a lot of what they did, and and I think that will continue. There's certainly quite a big change in personnel this year, um, and a lot of the sort of old stalwarts of the side, like uh, Sakopi Kepu and Adam Ashley Cooper, have sort of uh, gone offshore. But um, I think the the crux of the team's still there, and uh, that sort of those key players like Tatavipalot now, Michael Hooper, um, Nick Phipps, Bernard Foley, although he's now injured, we'll get to that soon. Kurtley Beale and Israel Falau are sort of are still the key players in the team and sort of fill all those sort of vital positions that uh, you really need just need star players in. So I think things are shaping up pretty well for them. They've uh, won one of their three trials, although uh, the two losses over in New Zealand against the uh, Chiefs and Highlanders were both really close. Mm. Um, only a try in it. Um, and I think they look like they're pretty fit and have been sort of working hard in the off-season. Although I've only seen sort of limited highlights of the two matches in New Zealand, uh, they, they sort of scored a bunch of tries. They're sort of playing some good attacking rugby and uh, things are looking all right. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think again, they're going to be really vying for that top spot in the Aussie Conference, um, and and I think it's going to come right down to the last couple of rounds after that June Test series. Uh, probably uh-huh. the big sorry, uh, probably the big news of the last couple of days is that uh, Bernard Foley injured himself against um, the Highlanders, in, and he only played sort of limited minutes in that game, um, okay. and that was his first sort of rugby back after uh, returning from Japan, but. Um, Look, there's, there's always going to be a lot of criticism of these flexible contracts where players mm-hmm. are playing round, um, sort of the Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere season and uh, obviously earning some extra income but playing sort of non-stop rugby for a couple of years. Uh, but look, it, it seems like we've just got a bit unlucky. He kicked the ball and got hit a bit late and landed awkwardly. So look, that can probably happen if you're uh, completely fresh and have, haven't played much rugby at all. So... Anyway, hopefully he's only gone for a couple of weeks. And what, what, what did they actually say it was, mate? Is it his knee? Is it his elbow? It's shoulder. So he's just, oh, okay. uh, I don't know what he's done exactly, whether he's sort of um, done his AC joint a bit or something. I'm, I'm just speculating, but I, I think he just landed awkwardly on his shoulder. And um, look, he, he's hoping to be out, to be uh, back for round four. So that would, with a buy in round three, that would um, only mean missing two games. So yeah. okay. on that basis, I think, well, we expect to see. Uh, um, currently Beal named at 10 um, for the uh, first round against the Reds and he sort of played, started in the last two trials there so and looked pretty good so I, th- I don't think that the Waratahs are going to lose much there so Okay Now mate look I, I buy into the whole Daryl Gibson has obviously been there throughout the last few years and that sort of attacking structure will be there no doubt um, I, I probably I maybe even buy into that you know he might there might even be maybe a little bit more thinking involved in some of the uh, what they're looking to do, but you know, there's that check factor that's missing, isn't there? You know, everyone talks about the way that he gets you to run through walls and whatever else. And I've got to admit here, I did um, just before the end of last year, I got a bit of a guided tour backstage um, at Waratahs HQ, and there's this walkway where you go um, up into the room that goes out um, onto the ground, and and on this walkway. Each year, there's like these collages and um, where Czech had either posted things up there or got players to post things up there that were symbolic of the things that they were doing. And I think it was all, you know, that was all about Czech's mind games, right? Um, and I think one of the things that I, he talked about that was a problem, him becoming Wallabies coach, he didn't have that time to put into the mind games that he kind of used with the Waratahs. 
you know, Braveheart, what do you reckon, mate? How much, how much are the Waratahs going to miss um, without that sort of talismanic coaching figure in check? I think they definitely will a bit. Like he, he without doubt, transformed the culture of the team and the club. And and as you said, players want to run through walls for him. He, um, they really, he inspired them to sort of put their bodies on the line and really play in a sort of physical, aggressive brand of rugby that they probably most of them weren't used to. Um, so he really brought out some some outstanding qualities in players and and took some players to sort of uh, levels that never played at before and and then obviously had a had a big impact on the Wallabies straight away. So I think um, I d- and I don't think Gibson will try and re- replace it or replicate that because I'm sure he knows that's not him. Mm. Um, so he'll do his own thing. It'll probably be a bit more toned down than than having Checker there. But um, look, I think the player. I think hopefully Checker's sort of instilled that culture and and they can sort of carry it on now. Like they've still got much the same with Gibson there and uh, Nathan Gray still there. And um, I, I think the team will will be able to sort of maintain that that culture and really play for each other. That they've sort of sort of done well in the last couple of years. So I think they they had a, a big sort of um, a three-day camp in uh, the South Island of New Zealand and, and did a lot of sort of hiking and whitewater rafting and things like that. And apparently it was sort of brutally tough and I think the player and sort of camping out in the bush and I think that'll hopefully sort of bond the, the players very well and particularly with quite a lot of new young guys in the squad. Hopefully they'll sort of really, uh, that'll really have brought them together and ready to sort of, re- ready to give it everything for another season. So, uh yeah, and I certainly think there's there's a few of the older players who who this will be their last year, and and they'll want to do everything they can to go out on a high. So, look, I'm I'm expecting them to be a, to play well as a team. So, uh, it could take a couple of rounds to really get going though. Okay, mate. No, so, so give me your placings. So where where are you going to put them in the Aussie Conference? Look, I'm going to say they'll be second to the Brumbies. Um, I think it's going to be really close, though. I'm expecting when we come back from the June test with a couple of rounds to go, the Aussie Conference will still be well and truly there for the taking for either either of those sides. But, um, look, I don't think the, the Tars quite have the squad to win the competition this year. So on that basis, I think they'll come second to the Brumbies because I think they do have a squad that could win the whole thing. So uh, for the good of Australian rugby... Uh, Hopefully the Tars come second and the Brumbies win the whole thing. So. Right. Okay, and you're going to say what Tars are they going to, they're going to make the finals? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think yeah. they'll. Uh, I'm predicting a semi-final appearance. All right. So, so win right, their first final. Okay. So let, then let's move on to the Stars. I mean, these guys are just a shoe-in for the whole comp, from what I'm hearing. Um, Brumby Jack, mate, talk us through the you know talk us through the Brumbies. How are they travelling? Hola, hombres. Uh, yeah, the Brumbies are doing pretty well in preseason so far. And I'm not sure if any of you um, have watched the code that uh, premiered tonight. So you All want right. to watch how the Brumbies are going. Another couple of nights of that on TV. But yeah, they've been pretty good. Um, their squad has been largely unchanged, uh, particularly their starting 15. They've only really lost uh, two starters in Nick White and Jesse Mogg have gone to the Brumbies Foreign Exchange Club Montpellier. So, um, and not many, ch- no changes in the coaching staff either. So, like as Will was saying, um, Gibson with the Waratahs, um, he knows the background and can um, do his own thing there. But the Brumbies are largely unchanged, and they had a the Wallabies contingent had a pretty big off season, and they only um, joined up in the beginning of January. Mm-hmm. 
but with that um, continuity, that they probably weren't missing too much without them there. So that's uh, a good thing for them. So like I said, their squad's pretty much, or the starting 15 at least, is pretty much um, un, unchanged. You know, Thomas Cabelli uh, is a pre- very good signing for the Brumbies. Um, <clears throat> how he got away from Los Jaguars, or however you say it, is a is an interesting one. So the Brumbies have done pretty well to get him in to cover Nick White. So they were pretty light on in the nines. So mm. his uh, experience there and his, his um, running game, I think, will suit the Brumbies very well. And he's got Leo Lafano and Tamua outside him. So he's got some um, good experience to show him around. Cool. So, mate, um, I guess the question that a lot of people might have, have though, uh, you're just talking about sort of their attacking style is, how, how are the Brumbies going to score any tries this year now that the driving mall is going to be refereed differently? Because uh, that seemed to be the secret weapon last year, didn't it? Or not yeah. so secret. <laughs> you knew it was coming, you just couldn't stop it. Yeah. Um, well, you know, David Pocock scored two hat-tricks last year, I think it was. And I think he, yeah. for those six tries, he went a total of five metres. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there's been a couple of changes. They tried a, a couple of things in the trial against the Waratahs down in Wagga. Um, so the first half in that game, they had one referee in the second half, a different referee. Uh, there was a bit of um, confusion, I guess you'd describe it as, um, toning it down there a bit as some of the comments I heard from the coaching staff were audible to most in the in the crowd there. Just how it was refereed in the second half uh, with one of the new referees on the panel. So uh, there has been a lot of talk about it because they've had referees down and I did hear that the way they were um, putting out the... I don't know, the highlights package or something, or the vision for the teams. They were using the Brumbies' uh, vision. So they would probably hope that it would be okay. So um, I think it's just going to be a little bit of getting used to for everybody. But um, yeah, they scored their first try in that trial from the rolling mall. So oh, wow. So a change, yeah. So you're, so you're saying that they reckon they're just going to kind of charge on, maybe tighten it up a little bit, maybe not swim, you know, swim up the mall quite so obviously. Yeah. But um, that's still going to be a, a, a key tactic for them this year, you reckon? I think it will. Um, one thing you've got to uh, – also with the absence of Nick White, and remember when he got a penalty, his long kicking in deep and down into the opposition 22 was a mm. big thing for them so they could use, launch that weapon. So um, I'm not quite sure how they'll go this year. So they, they might have to might have a few tricks up their sleeve. Um, but they do have a, have tried a new sort of attacking pattern. So – um, without giving too much away, it seems to be working okay um, in the in the two trials I've had so far. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So, mate, um, well, where are you going to put them? I mean, are you going to go with the vibe? Are they uh, going to top the conference? Without being you know, too biased or whatever, I think they really need to this year. Um, there's already a lot of talk for next season before anything's happened this year. So you look at who's leaving already, and uh, Steve Moore's going, Matt Tamua on his way. Uh, speculation over Pocock, obviously. So I think as a, you know, the premiership window is probably on its way closed. So I think they're going to put in a big one uh, for this season. Okay. All right, mate. Well, um, so you've got them in there first, and then you know, with that, obviously, that gets them into the gets them a home semi. So you you got to think that, um, or you know, that's well, sorry, a home a home quarter is it these days? At yeah. Least. And then and then a home semi if they stay with it. So. That's that's good good odds then from then on in as well. Yeah, well, you look at what happened last year. They had to go over to Cape Town and towel up the Stormers there, and then over to Wellington and got belted there. So I think they know the um, the significance of finishing on top, so they can actually play home games in the finals. Because 
people say, oh, traveling's, you know, they're used to it now, but it's, it's, it's done them in the, um, done them over in the 2013 final coming back from South Africa and again uh, last year so I think they know the importance of finishing first okay cool all right mate well they for me they're probably the most clear cut um, of, of placing most of the teams let's go to another one which uh, well the fortunes have changed um, over recent years is this going to be their comeback year Steph the Reds um, cut you in two and I think it's the Reds so what do you what can you tell us about this year uh, well, we've had a lot of um, a, a lot of change in the in the playing squad, as I'm sure we're all, all, all aware. Um, the great escape, as it was. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the great the great escape or the great stampede. Take your pick. <laughs> um, yeah, so we you know we've lost the the James Hall, Will Gennier, Craig Cooper, um, James Hansen is one that I was sort of particularly oh god you know that we lost. Um, and I mean, we have, well, you know, and I must thank Sully for doing some work on, on this for me. You know, we, we, we've picked up sort of three, well, two, two ones that you go, yeah, that's a good pickup in Kane Douglas and, uh, Goromaru. Mm-hmm. Um, and now with the fact that Kane Douglas got injured in the World Cup and is not likely to play this season, um, the pickup of Caden Neville was actually quite an inspired choice at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's looking like it. Um, yeah, so and, and changes in the in the backroom staff as well, with Matt O'Connor coming in as a tech coach and, and Brad Thorne coming in as um the elite development squad forwards coach, which will be interesting to see what effect he can have with those young guys. Um, and Damien, I, I don't think we can underplay um, the, the importance of Damien Marsh coming back um, as head of athletic performance and hopefully he can sort of control or, or, or reduce those you know, injuries that we've seen for the last two years of just, you know, you're always going, oh, well, we can't put our first choice on the park because he's injured. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, so it'll, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, our, our trials didn't go terribly well. And and I don't... Um, I, there was flashes there. Like, there was a period of about um, 10 or 20 minutes in the second half against the Brumbies that they played really well and they played really good defense um and you know the brumbies were down um in their 22 basically but the reds guys kept them out and so that you can see you can see that there's something there it just doesn't seem to be gelling at the moment and and i don't have great confidence that whether or not that will gel and maybe that's just me being miserable because you know we're starting the season yet again with you know well at last count four uh, well three people definitely three guys definitely in the in the hospital ward for for a while and we've heard nothing with regards to um lola fuckers there yeah that one um (laughs) So we don't know. I, I don't know whether, uh, you know, but he when he came off during the trial, I think it was against the Brumbies, um, he um, didn't look particularly good. So, you know, we can't 
I don't know what's going on there. So, and hopefully, uh, Liam Gill. I mean, even though he's leaving at the end of end of this season, I think he's going to be one of those players that we will rely on again very heavily this year. Mm-hmm. And he um, he came off very early on in the Brumbies game um, with a tweak on his shoulder. But I talked to him later and he said, oh, it should be all right. So fingers crossed he'll be up and going for Tars. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I think the Reds are in for a tough, tough year. Yeah. Because who's – so is it Carmichael Hunt? He's going to be at, at 10? Is that – I mean, who's the who's the playmaking combination they've um, The starting um, playmakers, I think, will be um, Frisbee and um, Jake McIntyre, and okay. and they 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 seem to have got together. I mean, they've had two NRC C seasons together now, and during the trials, they did play very well. Come on, Cole Hunt. Um, Last uh, the two trial games started at fullback. Um, the personally, I think that's his position, and I think that's where he should be. Um, but then, why would you buy an international, um, you know, an international fullback if if you're going to play Carmichael Hunt? So, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens and what develops over the season with regards to Hunters to whether he plays. Mainly at fullback, or whether he moves into the centres, as a lot of people assume he is going to. Um, but certainly, the last trials, you sort of looked at the back line, and it seems fairly, um, fairly stable with uh, Frisbee and McIntyre in the halves. Um, Chris uh, Foyer Satia and Eto Nabuli on the wings, and isn't Eto Nabuli one very big man? Mm-hmm. Um, and Henry Tafu and Samu Karevi in the centres, and Carmichael Hunt down the back. So I would expect that to be the back row um, or the the back line this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've been surprised before, so. Well, that can be an, that, that that could be an exciting lineup, but it can also be a bit of a liability in defence. So I think that could provide uh, plenty of entertainment one way or another. Um, just finally, then with the Reds, then what's the vibe? You know, like around the ground amongst the fans, have, have they are they girded their loins and got ready to go back, or is everyone kind of kind of got their helmets on? Oh, I I think. I think a lot of them are, are scattering out the back of the trenches, actually, mm. um, and which is rather quite depressing. And and even, you know, I have to admit, I'm finding it really hard to, yay, it's the Reds, come on, boys. Yeah. It's, you know, and a lot, uh, most of the long-term um, supporters, I think, are, are feeling rather sorry for for the players. I mean, they're sort of going... You know, we know you guys come in and do your best week in, week out, and you know we have to just try and you know put aside. There is a lot of um, uh, yeah, a lot of bad feeling around, and I, I don't know. I mean, what do you say? Yeah. What do you do? I mean, it's it's yeah. You can't. I I think the problems are are there are fairly big. Um, in the scheme of things, big's probably the wrong word, but widespread. Like it's, 
you know, the straw that broke the camel's back sort of thing. I mean, there's a lot of little things which, because they're little, maybe aren't being addressed. Um, so, but, yeah, we'll be waiting to see. I had a quick look at the draw earlier um, tonight and depending on how we go against the fourth in round two, I can see us, you know, maybe getting three, anywhere between three and six wins um, in the round. I think, I think six is being very op- optimistic and three is probably being realistic. All right. So where does that put you then? Where do you think they, they end up on in the Aussie conference? Um, oh, I hate to say it, but I think we might be down the bottom. All right, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think, you know, I, the thing is, though, is we've seen in the past, too, the, the Force and Rebels have really good pre-season games and, and not being able to carry that into the season proper. And, and I think that's going to be the telling point. If if the Rebels and the Force can bring their pre-season form into the season proper, yeah, the Reds are in strife. Okay. All righty. So, Salad Dwellers again this year, unfortunately. Um, but look, a, a team that um, might be showing some glimmers. I heard something about an absolutely ridiculous uh, trial result um, was the Rebels. And they seem to be strengthening last year just to falter at the last. Can they do better? Um, Rob, uh, you've, you've had a bit of an eye on, I think uh, you're, you're living down in Melbourne, aren't you? So you've been spending some time with them? Yeah, I live in Melbourne. I went to, you called it a trial game. I would have called it a tune-up game. Okay. Um, yeah, 85 nil was the result. I'm Jeez. pretty sure the Rebels got more steals off their lineouts, off the Samoan lineouts, and the Samoan lineouts actually won. Right. So it was a pretty, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good tune-up game, I think, for the next for next week. Okay. And and what about? I mean, I actually kind of read through the squad the other day. They had the most unfeasible backline of a back row stocks um again um the rebels um any yeah, other definitely key playmakers oh a key key positions that this oh, sorry, year say again what you say so you know just just your your take on the key positions people coming in going out this year for them oh definitely i think um hansen could be one of the greatest super rugby signings of all time He's i'll just quietly sob into my drink <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, Hanson, I think, is a great signing. I think um, Thompson replacing Higginbotham is a really good signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure they've changed much, though, other than that, in terms of their overall core group. They still have um, Inman and Ellison in the centres and Debrasini um, steering the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so I think it's a very similar squad, and I think they've just made some excellent additions to it. And I noticed they've uh, so they've made Sturzaker the captain. Is that right? Um, Sturzaker, yeah, he is the captain. But I think there's a bit of a concern over his injuries. Right. Okay. And so, and what about? Did you see any different? In I mean, in terms of how they've been playing the game, um, you know, still very back row oriented, or you know, have you seen any difference or anything that gives you any reason why you think it's going to be different this year? I think it's going to be different this year because they've just got class like that that trial game or tune-up game. They didn't even have English Jonah Placid starting. I think Sefer Naivalu's still under an injury cloud as well. 
and they just turned up and showed that they could play all sorts of styles. I think definitely their go-to style will be the forward-oriented style with the Debrisini and Harris being able to kick uh, territory. Um, and you look at their f- their forward pack and their starters are just incredible. I mean, you got two, you said Hanson and Toby Smith, World Cup hero Toby Smith there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got um, Luke Jones in the um, locking position and what you call the, the probably the poor man's Fadi Pooper with McMahon, Thompson, Colby, Fainga with mm-hmm. um, Fujistola um, backing them up. So I think they're going to be they're going to be quite good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, to me, the only thing that ha- held them back last year was it was just their kind of inconsistency kind of wobbled out of control towards the back end of the season. Um, and you just got to think that, you know, with the more and more time um, that the coaching staff has managed to have with them and as those players have developed, um, you got to think they've got a good season in them somewhere. And I just I just wonder if it's going to come out, if this is going to be the one. If they start strong, because they've got a quite a difficult start, and they are lucky with their injuries, they could get second in the Australian Conference. Whoa, okay. So that, that's a could. Where do you yeah. think they? Where do you think they will probably? Could. Okay. Um, and look, I you know I don't think anyone knows. Is does that still mean there's a possibility of them making yeah. it through to the finals? Yeah. Do you think? Okay. There could be four teams in the um in the finals from Australia, but we've got to get three of the wildcard spots off the New Zealanders, which isn't very easy to do because they no. tend to rack up a lot of points okay there's going to be a lot of kiwis in that final thing all right um good mate thanks for that thanks for that rundown um and then look to, to top it all off then um he wouldn't propose himself as an expert in this but he's he's he's, he's stood forward manfully and i should say look i was joking around earlier about we don't do this deliberately to piss off the, the force fans um it's it just with the timing of the podcast it's not easy to get people on um we do find it difficult just to get people to write about the force actually so look if anyone wants to put their hand up please let us know but will mate you're going to step into the breach um talk us through the force uh how they looking this year I think things are looking pretty good for the force, really. They've, I think they've had a couple of uh, pretty good recruits in the off-season. That, that, and all the talk is that they're going to be playing a bit more of an attacking style of rugby. So whether we see that coming from a, a Michael Foley coach team is uh, still unknown. But, um, look, I think they've they've recruited well in uh, bringing uh, everyone's favourite uh, former Waratah and Red, uh, John O'Lance over there, who's, uh, let's, just, let's also remember he's... Uh, been part of two championship winning squads so he brings success <laughs> even if he doesn't play very often so uh but I, I think this is his year where he's gonna sort of really uh be in the match day 23 and and should be the uh should be the starting 10 because uh one of the other big recruits they made was uh peter grant um the uh former springbok number 10 who's look you've got to say he's probably in the twilight of his career he's certainly uh on the wrong side of 30 and Whilst a noted kicker, he's probably not the guy who's really going to bring bring much attacking flair to your side. Mm. But so I think John O'Lance, who who really uh, had an outstanding um, NRC season last year for the New South Wales countryside, I think he'll end up taking the ten jersey. And I think he he just controls the game well. He'll get that back line going, and he'll he'll just play some smart rugby. 
And I think sort of combining with that is uh, Ben Tapawaii comes into the the squad from the Reds, right? And and I think he's got a he'll he's got a bit to prove. Um, he sort of burst onto the scene a few years ago, played a couple of tests for the Wallabies, went on a spring tour, and then kind of his his career got stalled in many ways. He had a few sort of injuries, a bit of a loss at, of form, and probably suffered as part of that red side that really has been struggling in the last couple of years. And um, look, he he needs to uh, sort of assert himself as a as a sort of classy Super Rugby player again, and. Uh, um, combining with John O'Lance could be the uh, the place to do that, and and then there's also uh, one of the four stars, um, Kyle Godwin, who who sort of uh, will play in those uh, in the centres as well. So you could have Lance Tapawaii and um, Godwin at ten, twelve, and thirteen, and I think they'll they'll be a good combination. So I think we'll see a much better backline from the uh, the force this year, and um, hopefully things improve for them. Where yeah. where I think there's uh, potentially some uh, an area they might struggle is, is they've got a bit to do at lock. Um, they've lost sort of their one of the uh, club champions, Sam Wikes, who's sort of headed off to Japan to finish off his career and make some extra money. And they've also uh, um, lost uh, Willie Steenkamp, who's uh, gone to France, I believe. So that's two guys who played a lot of time at lock for them last season, who the hell they've been missing. But on the uh, the other side of that coin, uh, everyone's tipping Adam Coleman to really sort of take some big steps in 2016. He's kind of that sort of big tight head lock that we sort of need. He's he's big, physical, and uh, sort of good at set piece. And and he's sort of still in his early 20s, but uh, coming along well. So I think a lot of people are tipping him to sort of make a run for the Wallabies. I, I believe he got he got picked in one of the early squads last year, or went to one of the one or two of the camps. Um, so the force will be looking to him for him to be a big improver and sort of really sort of be a leader in that type tight five um, because they've certainly got no issues in the back row with a uh, club hero Matt Hodgson leading the team again and then Angus Cottrell who sort of missed a lot of rugby. Um, I think sort of I think he believe you, I think he broke his leg at the end of of 2014 so had a pretty limited season last year um, and then. Uh, um, Chris Alcock as well in the back row. So they've, they've got some good back rowers. They just need their tight five to sort of step up a bit. Uh, probably need a good season from Nathan Charles, who sort of didn't really play very well last year after having a huge 2014. Um, but, yeah, certainly some talent in the side. I think they they sort of showed some improvement last year, and I, I think they'll just sort of hopefully have learned that you need to throw the ball around a bit more in Super Rugby um, and play a bit more of an attacking game. So... I think we'll see that this year, or at least everyone who likes watching Force games and uh, everyone out west will be hoping for that because uh, they've played some pretty uh, dull rugby in the, the last few years, uh, even when they won sometimes. But um, yeah. hopefully things are a bit more exciting this year and they uh, use some of the talent they've got in their squad. Yeah, I mean, it did get a bit tough last year, didn't it? I mean, there was times when... Uh... You know, I was up to sit down and watch a game of rugby, and uh, it was great to be watching an Aussie team play. But if if it was the force, it could just become really tough. Um, it was just kind of battering ram stuff, and you know, there's a lot of class players in there. So, just hoping that uh, someone turns the key there. And the problem it was like, you know, it just felt like um, you couldn't see. Well, it was kind of damning yourself to kind of you know probably lose by a bit rather than by a lot. 
um, was was what you got the feeling in, in watching it and couldn't really see where Foley thought that was going to take them. But um, anyway, hopefully we see that change uh, this year and there's some good players in there and some good young players. Uh, so, you know, hopefully they can take the step up as well. Um, where are you going to tip them, Will? In, on, on the, on the, I know it's a bit unfair because uh, you're, you're having a step in, but where are you going to put them on, on the Aussie conference ladder? I'm going to say fourth, which is probably... Uh splitting the difference a little bit because uh, I, I don't know who'll be third and who'll be fifth, but uh, let's say the force <laughs> will come in fourth. So, Well, um, I mean, if, so if I run back um, what I've heard from everybody here, um, we've got the Brumbies at first. Um, sounds like it's the season that, you know, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it uh, this season. We've got uh, the Tars at second. They've got a, still a lot going for them, actually. Um, my thing there is I just feel like they're going to be they could be, in, even though they did well the last couple of seasons, they were inconsistent at points, and I think that's just going to be amplified with some of the the, the new faces there. But anyway, we've got them coming in second. Um, I think I heard that uh, the challenges for third here are probably actually the Rebels, um, and hopefully they're going to keep improving. Um, fourth, Will has just put the force in, um, and uh, you know they've got a tough brand of rugby. They're going to grind out some wins they know how to take down people like the Waratahs, for example, so they could pick up a few wins there. And then I think we've got, unfortunately, the Reds continually to struggle. I think even Steph, it, um, I know she doesn't like to uh, talk the Reds down at all, but uh, I think everyone's thinking that they're still going to have another tough season, a lot of young faces, still a lot of question marks around that whole coaching setup and how it can work. Um, so it could be another uh, tough season for the uh, for the Reds faithful, um, and I think there's a book running on probably how long Richard Graham lasts. Um, look, before we finish off, because um, that's been a great chat through, thanks everybody, uh, to give kind of like a, some insight into what, you know, what we're looking at. Just wanted to talk about this new format very quickly. I still haven't got my head around it. Um, I know that there's a Japanese team in there somewhere. I know there's an Argentinian team in there somewhere. Um, so I, I think they're all playing in South Africa or something. Um, that's about it. I'm going to basically going to treat it like I've got sort of early on onset amnesia and just turn up each weekend, whatever's on, I'm going to watch. Um, what, what do you guys think as in terms of, you know, what big differences can we expect out of this whole thing? So, you know, Brumby, Jack, um, uh, what are you expecting to be different this year or is it just more games that's happening somewhere else in the world that we don't need to worry about? Yeah, I think it's going to be more games and more insomnia and less sleep for some, uh, some of those new teams are a bit concerned about their role in the competition. Like Southern Kings have been a bit of a interesting um, revelation. Well, I wouldn't say revelation, but uh, they had a bit of disaster before Christmas. They couldn't even get a team or a squad together. Um, the Japanese side, they finally got their act together, but it was just so late in the piece. It was hard to get interested in a, a team that you weren't really sure about. Like You knew they were coming, but you had no one to... Uh, look forward to being named in the team. So I don't know. I think the Argentinian has saved the expansion in this instance. So I'm looking forward to see how they go. I'm just worried about how much travel they're going to have to do and probably be spending more time sleeping in airports than their own beds. So good luck yeah. to them. That's amazing, isn't it? And Because where are the Japan? which conference are the Japanese guys playing in? Uh, Africa 1 or 2, I'm not sure. But you know they're playing home games in Singapore. So... Right. Tough, two, tough to get a Africa crowd there. Africa 2, I think. Oh, Africa 2. Right. No, 1. Sorry. <laughs> okay. You're but right. Anyway, 
Well, Africa's a long way from Japan as well, right? So uh, I think you're right. There's going to be a fair few miles going on around there. Um, it's certainly, it, sorry. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the Japanese and Argentinian side certainly do a huge amount of travel. I, I guess the important thing for Aussie fans to, to realise is that uh, we only play one of the African conferences during the regular season, and that is the team with Japan in it. So every Australian team is, is going to either host the uh, Sunwolves or head off to a... Uh, to play an away game in Tokyo or Singapore. Uh, I know the Waratahs play play in Tokyo during the season. Um, another good thing for, for for rugby diehards is that we're going to uh, the uh, Argentinian home game should be uh, nice and early on a Sunday morning, so you could sort of okay, probably similar to the sort of test matches. So they might be at seven or eight in the morning or something, which could be uh, good to get up on a Sunday morning and watch live. Um, good to see that... some more lasers in Argentinian rugby again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, um, and we play all the New Zealand teams for the, uh, for the first time since in quite a long time. So uh, yeah, wow. we play all five New Zealand teams um, and then no longer have home and away games against all the Australian teams. So I think we play, home and away against two of them and then just uh, the other two teams once each. And that's sort of random how that's been uh, divided up. All right. Well, that sounds like things I should be getting wound up about. Um, okay. So look, looking forward to this, look, another season, hopefully see some, what I'd like to be able to see. I mean, there's a few spots that have been vacated around the place and it'd be nice to see some young talent come through. Um, hopefully if you guys get a shot um, to step, step up into some of those Wallaby gigs that happen uh later in the year um but otherwise look that's been great guys thanks for giving that run through um thanks everybody for sort of tuning in as you can tell we're kind of easing in here there hasn't been a lot of rugby to talk about but as things get going it will no doubt heat up um we're working on some guests um that we'll get on um as well and um some other ideas for sort of maybe different segments different ways of running the podcast if you've got any just drop us a line but otherwise guys thanks for joining in tonight thanks for for, for uh throwing in your ideas no worries. Good, good to be here. Good one. All right, guys. Have a good night and um, see you all later. Seven left.